Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 237 of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matora. Yo, Joe. I don't get it. G.I. Joe, baby. Yo, uh, Joe. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Yeah, no, I still don't get it. All right, everybody, thank you so much oh, for God. hanging out with us. That will be episode 237. We'll see you next week <laughs> for <God>. episode <laughs> 230. Come on, man. The cartoon, G.I. they always say, hey, yo, Joe, come on. I haven't watched it in two decades. Oh, it hurts my heart. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a loser. I'm a loser, <laughs> baby. I'm a loser for knowing G.I. Joe quotes. So why don't you kill me? <laughs> You could tell already, ladies and gentlemen, what type of episode we're going to have tonight. We're not a minute in, and this we're a little tired. We're a little wired. (laughs) We got our picks. We're starting a little late tonight, but we got our picks of the week. Some trivia. It's five for Sam, four and a half for me in our race to eleven. Win by two. We're going to start off with movies where we have a couple of reviews to read. Army of the Dead from Zack Snyder. A Quiet Place two. I'm going to whisper that one, so uh, you guys have to listen up for that one for your ASMR people out there. Oh, I love it. Uh, let's see. We got HBO Max news. We got a trailer reaction for Snake Eyes, a.k.a. the reason Sam had the opening. He had a film in the G.I. Joe universe. We got some a ton, actually a ton of DC news that actually spans across even gaming. Kind of. We'll talk about that way later in the show because AT&T has made an, a, just an enormous deal with Discovery that we will touch on later on. And that affects the gaming division. But lots of DC movie stuff, tons of DC TV stuff. And of course, that includes a new Batman and Superman, not together, two separate animated shows. We cannot wait to talk about those. Um, Green Lantern, Peacemaker, Titans. A lot of craziness. Yeah, Sam we're, will take we're DC over. heavy. This is my kind of week. This is Sam's kind of week because then we're going to take over in gaming and I get to talk about Mario Golf. So like it's both. Well, of I, I did watch that five minute little direct and I, you know, I loved it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I'm going to give my impressions for two games tonight. Both. Well, one spoiler free will be Resident Evil Village and the other is there's not really spoilers. It's just a small indie game, and I don't really have to go too far yeah, there. I, but... I watched gameplay for that entire game, Resident Evil Village. So, oh, you did? Uh, so I'm interested to hear what you have to say, because I, I watched everything. Good. I'm going to give more impressions on another game called Aerial Knights Never Yield. Thank you to Head Up Games for the review copy of that. So excited to talk about that. Sam and I will then break down the Super Mario, I'm sorry, the Mario Golf Super Rush uh, five-minute trailer that dropped on my birthday. On Monday, what a great birthday present. Nintendo just knew it was my birthday, and they said, we got you, fam. I'm really excited. Uh, That's where our top three is going to lie, as we're going to go through our top three favorite sports video games of all time. My list is wacky, and I cannot wait to talk about it. Shout out to our friend and listener of the show, Anthony Pino. Stick around for that top three, my friend, because I think you'll be texting Sam and I. uh, And given that, you already know what it is. Uh, The Last of Us. And PS5 are finally married. Uh, some Summer Game Fest news. And then again, more DC, like I said earlier, the Warner Media stuff. And the, and we even have a story about Dave Filoni. And then a legend in the anime space has passed away. And we will talk about that before Sam hits us with his weekly WADA. So a ton of stuff. I didn't even cover it all. But that will be uh, uh, pretty much a jam-packed episode. So looking forward to that. But we'll start where we customarily do with our picks of the week. My pick of the week this week is uh, another show on Netflix. 
called Shadow and Bone. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I, again, I I was a you know it's based off a, a trilogy of books. I think that the first season's based off of uh, Shadow and Bones and uh, Six of the Crows by Leah Bardugo. I never read the book. I assume it's you know one of them. You know, was a young teen like a Twilight or you know Hunger Games type esque book or whatever. But stars Ben Barnes, who was um, uh, Jigsaw in Punisher. Um, he was in a couple, like, I think it was Prince Caspian and then other like the Golden Compass movies, but you know, pretty good actor. So I, I was interested just because I think he's, and I thought he's a pretty good bad guy. I assumed he was the bad guy in this and spoiler, he is the bad guy if you didn't know. Um, so I, I, I went in blind. I didn't see any trailers. I, I didn't know what, he, what the book was even about, but basically it's like, there's this second army of Ravka, there's the crows. And then it's, there's like three different stories going on at once. And then basically they all kind of meet in the middle and intertwine. And this guy's playing this guy and trying to, you know, make money behind back. And it, it's real weird because it takes place like back, I guess, years ago. The He's called the Black Heretic and he created the Shadowfold, which is like this complete darkness where if you cross it, like there's these creatures that basically just kill everyone that goes in it. But people have to get to the other side to survive or get food for family or whatever they have to do but they're trying to get rid of it and this this girl has the power to they call her the light summoner and i guess it's like said that one would would come to save this black heretic and get rid of the darkness and she comes and now they're running for power or people are trying to kill her and i don't know I, i really enjoyed it i really hope this gets picked up for season two i would hate that i just it was only eight episodes so it wasn't you know, a crazy investment, but I just hate getting into new shows and they just get canceled right away. So, and I know Netflix just recently canceled a few shows after only one season. So hopefully this gets picked up. I think it deserves a season two. If you got what? It was only like five hours, six hours. Check mm-hmm. out Shadow and Bone. I've heard of it. I've heard good things. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's pretty you. good. Yeah. I Again, I haven't heard that it like lit the world on fire, but Nice that it's. I always like your picks yeah. because I actually pay attention to yours and do them unlike you. Oh, I, well, hey, don't <laughs> worry. Ted Lasso's on the list. I just don't have that that service at the moment. But and it had eighty six percent of Rotten Tomatoes. So it was good to see Shadow that it, it was received well. Even though it, w- it differed from the books a little bit, but fans seem to love it. I am gonna do an unprecedented thing. I've done it kind of once. Changed it on the spot. Nope, but not back to back weeks. I'm going with the exact same pick of the week as last week. For all mankind on Apple TV Plus. Another service I don't have. It's the same service that Ted Lasso's on. <laughs> so that'll be a little bit. Uh, but honestly, last week when it was my pick of the week, I was five episodes in to season one. Now I am caught up, completely caught up. and ready oh, for You're caught up, what, both seasons? Both seasons, and I'm ready for season three whenever that is. They started filming, I think, about less less than a month ago, so it's going to be a while. Season two just dropped in February of this year. It just ended in April. So uh, we got some time. Yeah. yeah, we got some time. But I cannot say enough about this show. If you follow me on Twitter at the Nintendo, you already know that. I will not shut up about it. Um, it's that good that I'm going back to back weeks, and I just don't do that. I have so much shit I watch or play or listen to that I have plenty, plenty of stuff to go with my pick of the week. But this show was so good, I just had to. And you know, a lot of people say season two was better than season one. I think season one was like a smidgy smidge better. That's because it was brand new at the time with a brand new premise. And I, but 
the season finale of season two, and I've said this on Twitter and I mean it, I'm standing by it 48 hours later, was the best episode of television that I've watched since Ozymandias, the Breaking Bad episode. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the penultimate or it's the second, well, third to last. And the Red Wedding episode. It was the best. And they both happened in 2013. This was the best episode of TV I've watched in eight years. And it's like 100% true. And so I was like, I can't be the only one who loves it. I go on IMDb. The episode has a 9.7 rating on IMDb. So I'm not the only one who thinks it. So then I Google season two for all mankind finale. There are literal articles written just about the finale and how good it is. So uh, I, I just, it blew my mind. You cannot skip to it. It, it, I do not want to say anything about it because of the spoilers. Have you ever watched a TV show, Sam, and literally had your hands on your head and like, oh my af- God, yeah. like afraid for what's going to happen and like so tense? Yes. Yeah. It's, it was like that. I was watching it in bed on my iPad with my headphones on. And uh, you love watching you know, shit. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't like screens that close. I need it on the, on like the TV. I don't like that much space because then I get like, I feel like it's easier for me to pick up my phone when things are that far away. So I like it on my good point. Plus I like headphones because of the audio. And when you have a show that takes place on the moon where there's no sound on the moon, every sound counts. So I just really like having that audio experience. Yeah. But anyway, so it's midnight. I'm watching it. My wife's asleep. I'm like, I can't say anything. It's going to wake her up. Like it was so hard not to say a word, but, Exactly what I was hoping didn't happen happened and it crushed me to my core. It was so perfectly done. And so it's so good for all mankind. Again, if you missed last week, just really quick, it is a show where it's an alternate version of reality. If the Russians won the race to the moon, if they were the first to put a person on the moon, what would the history have unfolded like? And it's not just up in space, like it's on the earth too. And all the things that would happen if the Soviets would, you know, raise to a bigger power, what effect would that have? And presidencies and all of this craziness, John Lennon's alive. Like it's, it's nuts <laughs> what they do in this show. And so uh, check it out. I will continue to rave about it. It will not be my pick of the week for a third week in a row, but for all mankind on Apple TV, we'll see that at the end of the year on Greg's list. Mm, we'll see. I mean, there's this is a strong year for television. Calling it now. If if it was season <laughs> one, if it was season one, I would confidently say yes. But I did like season one a little bit better overall than season two. But I mean, we still got Dexter and Loki and a whole bunch of other stuff. Right now, it, I'd put it as my three. But we'll see. Like it's it could get bumped. Well, but again, as a whole, two seasons, twenty episodes. The show is nuts. It's fucking nuts. They, it's like Degrassi people. They go there. That's that's what I'm saying. Out. It's out <laughs> from a tagline perspective. I loved it. Joe, check it out. It's worth the five dollars for Apple TV alone. Mm. Apple TV Plus for all mankind. Sam, hit us with your trivia, dude. I don't know if I asked you this question before, but I'm gonna ask it. What was the last Pokemon TCG set that Kadabra appeared in? <sighs> I want to say Team Rocket. Um, <clears throat> no, you didn't ask me it. I thought you were going to go with had like a dark one, and that would have been Dark Raichu, and that would have been Team Rocket. Uh, but yeah, you asked me that pretty recently. Shit. 
He was gone for like 20 years. And he was he was in base set. That he was. I'll give you that one, my friend. My my whole thing is because I know that he was in Rocket as Dark Cadabra. I vividly remember that card. That's the last card I remember. So it all comes <laughs> down to if he had an E-Series card, like an E-Reader card in Sky Ridge or um, – oh, my gosh. What's the other one I'm thinking of? Um, um, well, Aquapolis, I think it is. Um, but anyway, because I'm going to play it safe, I'm going to need the answers, please. Okay. You have A, Skyridge, B, Aquapolis, C, <laughs> Legendary Collection, or D, EX Sandstorm. Fudge. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> um, can you do it one more time? One more time. You got it. A, Skyridge, B, Aquapolis, C, Legendary Collection, D, EX Sandstorm. Okay, I don't think it's EX Sandstorm. I said, what if he has an e-reader card? And of course you hit me with Skyridge and Aquapolis. Uh, I'm down to those two. I don't. I know he's in Legendary, but that's like a reprint of base set or something like that. I can't remember what that was. Um, but I know that was just a small expansion. So uh, what was last? Was Skyridge last or was Aquapolis last? I think Skyridge was last. So I'm going to go Skyridge. Skyridge is correct. 2003. Wow. He, I can't wait for him to come back with a vengeance. In the and, and he is. So we're all tied yeah. at five. Well, not for long. I think you got this. All right. I hope me, I need it. Yeah. Let me update real quick. Just let me update the notes because I always forget to do that. Yeah. I thought that was a cool, cool question. Seeing the story that, you know, the, uh, they apologize to Gadabra hasn't been in TCG for this long that he's coming back. So uh, well, it's, the, good, it's the, good to see. The magician finally got off his high horse and dropped the shit and said, you can put him back in. So, like, he gave them their permission. Yeah. I, so, I like Gadabra. I can't wait. Yeah. The whole Abra line is, I mean, Alakazam is my favorite Pokemon. So, if so facto, I love the whole Abra line. Of course. I think you got this one, though. In which season did the series The Adventures of Superman begin in color? Hmm? Say, say it again. The Adventures of Superman. You know that show? The cartoon? Like the f- no, the, like in the 50s. It oh. started off in black and white. It was, what's his face was it? Uh, I'm blanking on the name of the dude. Uh, Hold on. The Adventures of Superman. Yeah, I got like, yeah, the original OG show. Okay. Yeah, like I'm talking like the original, original. Like before Super Friends. Yes. Um, Where is it? Adventures of Superman, 1952 to 1958. Uh, George Reeves played Clark Kent. It was... Eight out of ten on IMDb. Very nice. So six seasons. The first X amount of seasons were in black and white, but in season blank, it started to be shot in color. Which season did it start to get shot in color? Season four. Season three. Hmm. I just went. I just went for it. Yeah. First two seasons were in black and white. Season three started off in living color. Mm. Ah, what are you gonna do? We're all tied up. Makes it more interesting anyway. Yeah. Uh, as we move into the movie section, we've got a couple of reviews to read. We're going to start off. We talked about it up top, or maybe we talked about it offline. I can't remember anymore. But we got the review for Army 
of the Dead, the Zack Snyder. Yeah, we, we, we talked about it right before we recorded. Gotcha. <laughs> the first film he's come out with since, well, reality, Justice League, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League, but that was obviously filmed years and years ago. But this is a new film from Zack Snyder, a zombie film coming to Netflix. I think by the time this episode drops, it'll be available on Netflix. Pretty sure. Yes. Yep. Comes out. Yep. Friday. Yep. Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead may look cool on the service, and it lures you in with potentially game-changing twists to the zombie lore. But it quickly devolves into just another undead shoot 'em up with disposable, forgettable characters. While it does some fascinating things with the with the zombie genre that we haven't seen since George A. Romero. Army of the Dead ends up being bogged down by its own self-importance and forgets how fun it's supposed to be. Its promising opening credit sequence is so much better than the rest of the film. Oh, who knew killing zombies was supposed to be fun, huh? Yeah, I guess. Well, they give it like a 6 out of 10? Yeah. I see Rotten, Tom- Rotten Tomatoes. What do they got it? 73%. I mean, dude, I'm going to see it regardless. Of, of course, I, it's going to be Zach, but like, I want to see Dave Patisa. Omari Hardwick's in it from Power. Theo Rossi's in it. Our boy Hiroyuka Sonata. So I don't know. This cast is awesome. Like, I'm definitely going to see this. It looked like some of the zombie designs. It almost looked like a video game. It looked like they were like specialized infected almost. And like, yeah, and, to and see that in a movie, movie is two hours and 20 minutes. So yeah, to see that in a movie is kind of a unique take. Like I'm used to like left for dead or even the new back for blood trailer and stuff like that. Yeah. Even like the last of us with that different type of infected. It looks cool. Um, I now I really want to see this opening credit scene because that if it sounds, you know, if it's as good as that reads on a poor review when they speak glowingly of how good the opener yeah, is. Yeah, but like, what do you mean? It's, it's, it's zombie adventure is supposed to be more fun. Like, are you, I, you, you go into zombie uh, apocalypse, let me know how fun it is. Uh, you know, I, I can know. see what they, I can see what they mean. Yeah, do I agree? Course. Not, not necessarily I agree, but I can see what they mean. Like, it's, it's a zombie movie. You're supposed to have fun with it. But then you look at like Train to Busan, I think it's what it's called. And uh, that shit was terrifying. It wasn't fun. That was just a really, really good zombie movie. You actually had that as your pick of the week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, about a year ago or so. Um, But yeah, that was Army of the Dead. It's available, I believe, on Netflix right now as you're listening to this podcast. So enjoy it. Two hours and 20 minutes of zombie. I can't say fun, but zombie action? Zombie-ness? I don't know. (laughs) A Quiet Place 2 also got a review. Let's read that. Let's uh, read that one off. While A Quiet Place 2 can't quite top its predecessor and never quite nails the multi-narrative cross-cutting it employs, it's still a highly exciting and well-acted follow-up. Director John Krasinski and co. broadened the world of A Quiet Place with a larger cast, bigger action set pieces, and more monster scenes. But thankfully, as big as the sequel goes, the film never loses sight of the emotional intimacy between the characters that made the first movie work so well. Is that an eight? That is. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm looking at it now hour and a half. I mean, I'm going to see it like Killian Murphy's in it. Like, I really like him. So I know it's definitely going to be, you know, at least he's a good actor. Uh, the first one, you know, it was good the first time. There was definitely some nitpicks I had, but we know. talked about it on this pod a lot. I hated it. Yeah, so. I know you were you were against it. I know like his part in it is like, a, I guess, flashbacks from like, you know, before spoiler from the first one. Yeah, you know, but. I don't know. I just hated that scene on the bridge with the kid. But, yeah. you know, anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, you know, I, I'll, I'll see it. I'll throw it on the back burner. I, f- I feel like this would have been an Ashley movie, but I don't think we watched it together. So I don't know if this is going to be a, a 
dual watch because if it ain't me and her watching, I ain't watching on my own. I I'm sure. I'm shit. sure. I'm sure you will. I don't give a shit, and I don't think she watched <laughs> the first one. Like, I didn't like the first one. Why the hell would I want to watch the second one? The only movie I can say that about would be Bright. If they come out with a new Bright, I'm all over it, even yeah. though I hated the first one because yeah. I thought the premise was really, was really good. good. Yeah. I thought it lost its way. Uh, all right, away from the reviews for a little bit and into some good discussion. HBO Max. We've talked about this service for a long time since it released, even before it released. There's so much value, especially if you're like a current HBO customer getting it for free without ads. But they have to at $15 a month. It's just a lot or having HBO every month. It's just a lot for a lot of folks. So to find a a new way into some really good content and some amazing originals, they now are launching their $10 version, which is great. And it's launching in June, which is great. The $10 will have ads. To me, that's totally acceptable. There's one piece of this that will it will come at a price, and that is uh, if you use the $10 version, you do not get the option to do the same day release theatrical Ooh. HBO Max. That, uh, that kind of sucks. Well, I can tell you why I don't care. Here's why I don't care. Because they've only committed to this strategy for the rest of the year. The year's already halfway over by the time this service drops. And the really only movie that I'm dying to see day and day, I mean, I'm super looking forward to the Soprano sequel, but it's really Suicide Squad. And I wouldn't mind going to see that in an IMAX theater anyway. So Yeah, by by the time it's out, you're you're good to go. Everybody's, you know, a lot of people are going to be vaccinated. The country's going to be, you know, mostly open back up. We'll see if that stands and if that's, you know, the right decision. That's neither here nor there on May 20th. But, you know, by the time August 6th rolls around, we're going to, there's a good chance the theater is going to be just fully open and, and, you know, no masks even potentially. You never know. Uh, That's, that's probably the, you know, their call as a business. But that doesn't bother me. And, you know, I'm saying that from somebody who has the $15 version who doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah. But like, what other movies are you dying to see for the rest of the year? You know, The Conjuring. You have Dune, which I guess is a popular. But again, that's a pretty good theater movie. Yeah, so, I, I was going to say the same thing. I was like, by the time all these big movies are out, I was like, like you said, I'm, I I want to see them on the big screen. Like, shit, I still kind of want to see Godzilla on the big screen. Uh, it's just one of those things where, yeah, if they committed to this strategy moving forward for every WB movie or every, you know what I mean? Then, okay. I could see that being an issue, but really they've only committed to it for 2021. We already know the Batman's not, it's not happening. The Batman is going to go exclusive to theaters. So like there are, there are ups and downs to this. You know, Hulu does the ad thing. I actually recently took my $14 Hulu subscription and brought it back down to the $6 one with ads because I just don't don't use it it that much. Probably. I don't use it enough. Like I watch Yu Yu Hakusho and anime and Letterkenny uh, and you know, I will probably you watch know, just, just a few staples, but like Ashley started ER again and I go upstairs and she's watching ER and an ad comes on. There's there are 90 seconds. That's a, that's a lot. So I was like, how often is this? She's like four or five times an episode. I said, it's almost like watching the goddamn show yeah, that, that, on that, cable. That, that's kind of rough, huh? That, that might would, be worse. That would rip me right. Cause on cable, I can fast forward cause I usually DVR it or I can change the channel. For this, it's like you're in there. So like, then you go on your phone. And then by the time you go on your phone and the 90 seconds up, you're still on your phone and you're now out of it. Yeah. And it's like, damn, that's just that's just a lot. So I said, hey, Godspeed for you. But I have no interest in watching anything over 25 minutes on Hulu ever again. 
but th- what, what do you think overall? Is this a strategy that you think will work? Will up the subscriber base? $10 isn't a lot um, comparative to a lot of other services, but now you're still I mean, getting it, it, ads. It, it, we, what do you pay, 15 a month? 15 I mean, honestly, at, at 10 I'm, I mean, I think I'm pot committed. I might as well just throw the five extra dollars just to save the, you know, 10 minutes of time it saves me to watch commercials. I mean, you know, some people, yeah. It, you know, some people like, okay, they see that commercial, they go grab a snack or, you know, people like that. Other people, you know, they, they cut that time out and they'll, if, they'll pay the extra five. If I'm already committed to two thirds of $15 at 10, I'm, I'm just going to go the other third without the ads because they, they're just so soul sucking. And it's like, yeah, we're spoiled now. We we hate commercials. Just, just pay the five. Come on. Just if if you can afford the ten, you can most likely afford the fifteen. Now you have Disney at seven bucks or eight bucks a month now with no ads. You have Netflix at you know seventy three dollars a month now with yeah, no ads. My bill is what fifteen oh six. It's nuts. So it's like you're already paying that for Netflix with no ads. And so at a certain point, there's like the argument can be made. Well, why not just not cut cable and like just with all these streaming services? But at the same time. You're already paying $10 is $10. It's two thirds of what $15 is. I'm not, you know, our situations are not the same as everybody else's financially. I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your money. If we're talking seven, $8 with ads a month. Okay. Now I can see. Now you're let's speaking get the language. Yeah. Let's get the ad yeah. version. Seven bucks a month is damn near nothing. We're fine. But like, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to go, with 10, just go with the 15. You could probably afford Yeah, again, like, you know, I if you want to see Suicide Squad, like you said, Dune, like, especially the, the what's it, the, something New York, the Sopranos movie? Yeah, uh, the Many Saints of Newark. Many Saints of Newark. Like, uh, okay, pay the extra five, you'll see the movies. I'm sure they're going to be great. And that's like, again, that's just for 21. So even if you went ad free for the rest of 21, and then at the end of that, then go down to 10 in January when there are no more major releases because the five extra dollars is less than your movie ticket. It's much less than your movie ticket. And you have a home theater system that you like and that is adequate. To watch I think I did on. see AMC going back Tuesdays, five hour Tuesdays. Or they, they gosh darn better, but you can't get IMAX for that. Can you? Oh, um, uh, maybe times are tough. You never know, man. I don't know these these theater strategies. No, I've I been wanna... in a movie theater since Sonic, so it's it's been a minute. Same. I don't want to be anywhere near one. I still have no interest. I didn't have much interest before this. So yeah. this is, you know, if that makes me a sheep, then bah. That's that's <laughs> all I got to say about that. Uh, uh, Sam, there was a trailer for Snake Eyes, which is in the G.I. Joe uh, franchise. It's a spinoff film. It dropped a one-minute trailer. Uh, what would you think? Honestly, I I like this a lot more than I thought. Um, from the first two GI Joe movies we got, like Snake Eyes was probably my favorite part from them two movies. To be honest with you, um, I, I don't know any of the cast going in this, so I, I kind of love that. So I'm just kind of going in, you know, not knowing anyone. I, you know, I think that's awesome. Obviously, you have Snake Eyes there, Storm Shadow, Baroness Scarlet. So like, definitely some awesome characters. If you if you know the GI Joe. If you watch the cartoon, you know, play with the action figures back in the day. But the action scenes looked awesome. Like, and they filmed this stuff in Japan. So they even said, like, it, it, it made it, it felt that, like, it was like more authentic. Like, it, they said it felt like it gave them power. And I was like, oh, that was really interesting. I, I, I this is one I, I may try to make it to the theater for. Um, I, st- I still got what, two months? It comes out, what, July? July. Yeah, sometime I in got July. Some time. I liked it too. 
There's no doubt about it. It was a completely different take on G.I. Joe. Like if you think about like Fast and the Furious and then they boom, hit you with Tokyo Drift and then kind of get back on track. That's what I felt like this is. I mean, it's the literal definition of a spinoff. I didn't see it going this way. I don't know because it's been two decades since I watched anything G.I. Joe. I know nothing about the Snake Eyes piece of G.I. Joe. Uh, um, gotcha. You know, I just don't know what it is. So for me, I went into this like I don't get any G.I. Joe vibes from this. Yeah. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? You know what I mean? Like I, I watched it. It's been twenty gosh darn no, years. And, so. and like, and they show you like, if you know, if you know Snake Eyes, obviously when he's that, like he in the show, he don't speak. Like something happens to for you know, like he something happens to him, and this is his origin story. And I, I, I think it's going to be better than what we've gotten in the previous two films. Yeah, they they have not been well received. But do you think that this is like his introduction to a GI Joe universe, and they're doing this to get him in there? Or is this more I mean, of a one off project? I, I think every studio was looking for the next franchise. I mean, I'm sure they already have a, a sequel written for this. They expand. No, more no. Characters. I mean, like, I meant. Let me rephrase. Is this the way to introduce him into mainline GI Joe films by doing a more of a spinoff, uh, or is this like a one off kind of like Joker? I mean, well, hopefully, I, hopefully, there's no Joker sequel. But. Yeah, I, I would hope Joker doesn't show up. But I, I, I could see this being like the first, like they start trickling in to make that universe. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, don't, like, I don't, I don't think this is a standalone. I think they want more people to appear in this universe, and it, I, they want to have an entire GI Joe franchise, like a whole movie like a, division, like a GI Joe verse almost. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Is this part of hundred? I think I literally, I think every studio is looking at the Marvel blueprint to. And they, they want to replicate that, of course. Yeah. It's just tough because there hasn't been a good G.I. Joe film. Yeah, again, you know, like, I did like the Snake Eyes parts in the first – in the other two, like he was the only good parts. Is it is the same actor returning? No, no. Com- com- like, again, it, it's a completely different actor. So I, 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 do, I do like that. I like that they're just kind of going fresh. <laughs> I'd almost say it's like Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool, but, you know. It's not. He was Deadpool in the Wolverine movie. It's just a different Deadpool. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to say it's a different like take on the character, but yeah, I thought it was really good too. Action packed as all hell. Um, a lot of sword play. A lot of you know jump jump. I, I got a very. Oh, they shot know. in Japan, man. Not many films yeah. like released in the U.S. or you know getting shot in Japan. Like, so I don't know. I, I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, I got like this like Shang-Chi meets Fast and the Furious vibe. Like I was in on it. It, it, it was <laughs> pretty cool. If they start out on cars, that's Fast and Furious. That's it. Don't you think about that? I think that's a pretty normal no, thing to I say. thought that was cool. He's kind of battling two. Well, I don't know. I, I thought that was cool. Hey, they do it on uh, Falcon. They battled on top of true, a truck. True, and then cool. uh, And then things happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an off night. Like it, there's just nights where you just don't have it. And for hey, me, it's been, it's been a long week, brother. It's been a long week. That night is tonight. I just don't have it tonight. Uh, anything else you want to say about the trailer before we move on? No, let's keep we it going. Are, we are getting an injustice movie. This is all your lane. Dude. I, I, I felt like they should have probably done this a while ago, but it's about damn time. And they snuck it out there. Like they put that in the special features of Batman The Long Halloween Part 2 Dude, on the Blu-ray. It felt like it was like a, a sneak peek of DC's fandom. Like it, we, we got hit with like f- two, three, four DC stories that day. I was like, holy shit. Well, well, Warner Brothers had like a thing. They had a little expo. So that's where a lot of it, these other announcements came from. This one came because somebody got their hands on the Blu-ray, opened up the like the special features and saw – well, not the physical Blu-ray. They're not made yet. But like the plans for the Blu-ray – 
Then they opened it up and they saw uh, something for Blue Beetle and then oh, like so a short film. Yeah, so it's probably a short by Blue Beetle and then the sneak peek of the next film was that. Injustice film, yeah. And oh, so, that's awesome. So we're going to get that in Injustice film. I don't know anything about that. What what are we looking at here with Injustice? Well, I, I don't know if they're going to continue from the video game franchise. I don't know if they're just going to start. Fr- I mean, I, I, they might start fresh just because kind of what happened in the game, but. Did you did you ever finish the second one? I I, ne- I never did finish the second one. Yeah, so, so I could see it picking up where the second game left off. I mean, those games NetherRealm tells stories in their in their fighting games. So, well, but but you know. why not start fresh to kind of so you could start your first one, make a sequel because you know obviously it, it's going to sell like crazy because fans love the game series. Like, who wouldn't love the DC animated rated R Injustice movie? Uh, the people that play the games and don't want the same story. That's all they're I can gonna, think. They're going to get a completely new story if they just like watch and repeat the story from the games. I think that's a huge mistake. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I would not want them to take. No, 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 one. Absolutely not. I want okay, something good. completely fresh, dude. Okay, good. You can you can go on YouTube and just watch the the two hour movie of the cinematics. You don't even need yeah. you. You don't. You know what I mean? Like you're fine. So please give us something new. And it would literally be the same experience as playing the game because playing the game, all you do is just the fights. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. And you, if you lose, it's not like it alters the story. Yeah, it's like You're Mortal Kombat. Fighting. Yeah, so, I mean, NetherRealm has that down to a T. They don't tell the greatest stories, but <laughs> I, I wonder what their place would be in this. Like, would NetherRealm have a writing credit here or would this be more DC? I don't know. I'd, I'd imagine. A bit of both. Well, NetherRealm's owned by WB anyway, which is owns DC. It's all under the same darn umbrella. That's how Injustice came to be in the first place because Warner Brothers owns all these properties. So, you know, it's not like they have to reach out and get licensing fees and all that stuff. Yeah. They can just say, fuck it. These are our characters. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I've I've never finished the second Injustice game. So I, I just don't know what we could expect from a movie. Uh, but we know who's going to be in it. DC heroes and villains. And anytime DC steps up to the plate with an animated project, you know, it's going to be quality. Oh my God. And everyone's already so excited for long Halloween. Like I already have my pre-order for part one on Amazon. So to tease that at the end, that's awesome. And, and now I really can't wait to see that blue beetle short too. I'm, I am shocked. We're getting all this news about part two before part one even dropped. Well, it's only, it's so it's what I think June's part one, July's part two. So like they are releasing okay, pretty it. fast. You know, just hype, just hype them up a little bit. Yeah, I didn't know that it was that close. Excuse me. I, I'm kind of like, oh, man, you bastards are, you know, just kind of, you know, making me pay 20 bucks two times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's, it, right. that's fine. Am I getting a, a two hour movie? Am I getting a two and a half hour? I don't know what I'm getting here. Would you pay $40 for a two hour movie, though? Wait, <laughs> I mean, you're going to, but. I mean, both covers look awesome. So, yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> that's very Nintendo of them. Yeah. Nintendo. Hey, yeah. we're gonna give you the same Wii U games, but we're gonna put uh, HD hey, yo, on you, the end. You, you know I'm a completist with the DC movies. I know, I hear you. The Batgirl movie has found its directors, and uh it's definitely a thing. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting uh, you know, two male directors coming in for Batgirl. I know that they were kinda, you know, you know, Wonder well, Woman was get Patty Jenkins. I thought they were gonna kind of stick the woman route, but well, the the point being of my part was the movie they just got done is not is not great. And w- and which one was that again? They they had done Bad Boys for Life. Okay, so yeah, there's that. Uh, <laughs> you know, again, hey, w- w- everyone has a dud. You know, there's always a dud in everyone. I'm going on their uh, on their IMDb right now to look at their other stuff because it. Well, um, I, it, it can't be much. You know what I mean. 
Nah, I, I'm going to give him a fair shake because, like, I I really like Barbara Gordon, like Batgirl. I, I assume it's going to be Barbara Gordon. I, I, I can't wait to see this this movie, and it looks like it's going to premiere on HBO Max, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Bilal Fala and Adele El Arby. Uh, let's see, they did. Let's see, Bad Boys for Life, and then. Uh, looks like they had probably done stuff more in their native uh, land. I believe is India. Gotcha, it looks like gotcha. they've done more stuff there. Only six projects. No, ten. Only ten projects under their belt, um, and only one like mainline American. Well, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it is going to premiere on HBO Max. I'm pretty sure I read that right. I, I got to give it a fair shake. It, it's DC. DC really needs to. To start getting some winners here, because you know the movies, you know we 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 need to keep it going. Like, hey, I love the Snyder Cut. I I I, that, I think that's a huge win for DC. Let's let's keep it moving. Hopefully, Suicide Squad's going to be good, and we can kind of keep the DC train going. They are Belgian, as a matter of fact, and they actually have worked together on every project. So that's good. Oh, that's At cool. least that's there. Uh, I just didn't think Bad Boys for Life was anything special. Um, but again. 10 movies under your belt. That's not a huge sample size to just say yeah. based on those projects alone, if it's going to be good or bad, you're I'm very open to giving this one a shot. Um, and you know, it's not like it, it's not like it could hurt. Uh, yeah. DC movies don't have the same clout or reputation as TV. If they have a stinker, it's a lot easier to get away with. And if not, well then great. Then they finally got themselves a little bit of a footing in the movie space. And that's what they need. They need to continue to build on the film momentum that they you know, even though nobody talks about the Snyder Cut anymore, it dominated the internet for a week. So, and yeah. that's a big deal in 2021. So, you yeah. know, can't sure. really hate on that. Uh, I I added one quick thing to to movies, and that's because Knives Out Two continues to add to its star-studded cast. And today, they have added Kate Hudson to the. Oh, to I, the I cast. didn't hear that. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I love Kate Hudson. Uh, almost oh, she's a sweetheart. One of my favorite movies. Yeah. So. Uh, almost famous, great movie. Kate Hudson, Dave Batista. How to lose a guy in ten days for me? That's my there girl. You go. I think Edward Norton. Even like, there's a star-studded cast for Knives Out Two. Sam still has not watched Knives Out One. Watching everything else. <laughs> Let's move into TV, where we have the review for the first season of Modoc. Sam's least anticipated. I dude, I, I just have no it. Like I lid, like I couldn't care about anything less. That's where I'm at on this show. But let me hear the review. With the stop motion stylings of Robot Chicken, Marvel's farcical Modoc series is a refreshing mile a minute comic self parody. Every line is a laugh. Every line is stitch. Get the fuck out of here. And Patton Oswalt is pitch perfect as the iconic supervillain whose Frankenstein origins are traded in for a streamlined saga of ego and ambition blended with a modern workplace comedy and a surprisingly moving family sitcom. Let me guess. Another fucking eight. Everything gets an eight. Okay, I right, What's going on? I, I'm noticing everything you're seeing is eights. Are, are you playing it's, it? Except safe? for Army of the Dead, which got a six. A, a, okay, but, but so it's okay. And, and, shit and, I'm, getting, and, I'm starting to notice a trend here. And Spiral got a three. Let's not forget the Book of Saul. I don't know. I, I, okay, well, rightfully so. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, but come on. Eights at everything here? I mean, I'm gonna watch it. I was gonna watch it regardless. At least the first. Hey, time. I, I hope you enjoy it. Like I, I, I do like Pat Oswalt. I, I think he's funny. He's in a lot of great stuff. But right now, I have no interest in Modoc. 
I need a comedy, man. I've been I've been getting my heart ripped out by some TV shows. Go go movie. book uh, Sebastian. He sold out four days out, out in New Jersey. You got two left. Oh, he's there for six days. Yeah, he sold out. He added more shows. I think he's what's there for he seven. gonna do in Jersey? Isn't he? he <laughs> he's gonna play at the book. God, he's going to Max. <laughs> <laughs> Mac and Mancos. I don't know. I'm done. I no, can't. Max Pizza. Come on. I know. I know. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. I know. I know. Ocean City. I got you. I mean, it's no. Max is in Wildwood. That's it's what the, I'm saying. I was like, you don't know what I'm saying. Mac and Mancos is in Ocean City. Max yeah, is. I'll say you were thinking of two. You were th- thinking the other one. Max is inferior to Sam's, and and all the inferior. It, it all depends what day you go because both pizzas are phenomenal. To Hotspot because Hotspot's phenomenal mm-hmm. too. Max is just way too greasy for me. I, I only I don't taste Dap it with a napkin, you bet. I don't I don't t- <laughs> <laughs> It's got no flavor, man. Oh shit. It's got no flavor. That's I love I, I'll give Max a a a little bit of credit though, because there's multiple. Sam's there's only one. Max is a lot. And when you hit the last one on the boardwalk, there's a giant sign with a police officer with his hand up saying, stop, this is the last Max on the boardwalk. I got to give him credit for that. That's just really good. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. These are the two ne- – these next two stories are the ones we were waiting for all night. And Sam, you've been waiting to talk about them since they were dropped today. And so, like, there's a lot to talk about here. Let's get into it. I'm just going to go with DC is dropping bombs. With well, HBO I, I, Max. At least one bomb. And Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah. Batman, There's... the Cape Crusader, a new Batman animated series is coming to HBO Max and the Cartoon Network. And obviously, that, that that's the bomb. You know, again, Batman, Cape Crusader. We, we don't know much yet. We don't. We, we know that it's going to be a different a different take, like a more noir-esque Batman style. It's it's great to see Bruce's name attached. I got nervous for the first second. I didn't see Bruce Tim. I, I thought they were they weren't include him. JJ Abrams is attached. I'm a little worried. But Matt Reeves is there. I'm hoping kind of Matt Reeves and Bruce, they kind of keep him in check and that this all comes together and it's just going to just be absolutely beautiful. I, I have I have some concerns. Obviously, being the animated series, I would love for Kevin Conroy to come back as Batman and Hamill as the Joker. Um, I don't know if they were trying to go for a more younger cast or if you at least bring back the two OGs or you do Arlene Sorkin again as Harley Quinn. Uh, John Glover could be Riddler. I mean, Clayface, Ron Perlman, he could like you could still have most of the cast come back. Uh, obviously, Mr. Freeze, Michael Ansar passed away. Uh, that that to me, that's going to be a huge concern because I don't know if everyone if if anyone can like get that pain behind Mr. Freeze the way on, Mr. Ansar did Mr. Freeze because. It was just haunting, but I, I am super excited. I can't wait to hear more and, and, and see footage. I don't know when we're going to see that footage. I think uh, it's probably going to be a ways off. Oh, animated animated drops. It, it drops far faster than, than, you know, live action, but I'm still thinking this is a mid 2022, probably about a year from now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope 2022, but I wouldn't even be surprised if it's early 2023, but I'm shooting for 2022. Uh, the Cape Crusader storyline, I don't, I don't know much about real shocker there. Uh, is that its own story run that you know much about? Or, well, I think or that's what they call him, the Cape Crusader. That's kind of just more like an, another nickname. I feel like they could kind of go anywhere, if they're, especially if they're going to reinvent all of his villains. So it's, I, I, 
are probably going to hear like a hint from maybe 89 Batman from the animated series, probably all over. They're going to pick up little things here and there. And I, I just really hope the animation looks, looks good. Cause that, that it's that that's big because the next story was obviously more kitty. Hopefully this is more towards the adults. Let me be clear. I am a hundred percent aware that the Batman's nickname is the caped crusader, but I thought that there might be a comic book run specifically. Titled oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is. There's a freaking million comic runs. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> you know be shocked. I, mean? I just didn't know if they were going to be basing it off of a specific comic run or if this is going to be more of just like a, we're calling it the Cape Crusader. We're going to span a whole different, you know, kind of thing. Or maybe we're going to spin off and kind of do our own. And to your point about the voice cast, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it'd be awesome to have those that that voice cast back because it's so iconic and what's your and what you're used to. Hell, that style of animation is still phenomenal and still it's holds th- it's up. It's still superior to me. <laughs> It still holds up so well today, especially now that they've released it in Blu-ray. And maybe, just maybe, them converting that to HD and and coming out with the Blu-rays of the animated series and all that. Maybe that was the precursor for maybe an animation uh, style. No, could I, have been I think the we, test run. we, I'm pretty sure we even said that on the podcast a year or two ago when it first came out. Like, oh, of course, why wouldn't they? They made a limited run. Uh, I don't know if they sold out or not, but I, I know it was selling like hockey because I've seen everyone all over the place on Instagram, Twitter, buying it tagging people and and it, I'm, it, it was only a hundred bucks and i know they made money and it just showed that they still had interest now it's on hbo max and everyone's hope you know hopefully the numbers are in that people are watching it and bringing the next round of kids that growing up on the animated series shit i just i've tried so hard i i just got it now that it's on blue it's on the uh the hd versions on hbo max right yeah yep yep i have no excuse not to just try it i don't know I tried it so many times. I don't mind it. It's just, it was never something I got passionate around because you know me. So I don't <laughs> know. It's just another opportunity for me to get into that. Um, but like you said, the other one, I think for the general public and for a lot of fans, the other one is also a bombshell. Maybe not for the two of us. I am on record of saying I do not care about Superman. There's, a, there's no way. Superman and Lois was the closest thing. And that I've, I've gave up after three episodes anyway. I don't know if there's only a couple, like four or five before they paused mid season. But uh, I, anyway, like the, they have another one. You said a little bit more kid centric. We don't know if the Cape crusader is going to be what like audience that's going to be geared towards, but with it being on cartoon network, I would imagine it's a, you know, why 14. I mean, Christ, the way it looked, it looks like it's going to be PG if that. Yeah. So, but, but the adventure, my adventures with Superman uh, is the other announcement, a new Superman animated series. Like you said, maybe a little bit more geared towards a younger audience. This one having Jack Quaid from the boys uh, is as playing Clark Kent. Like that's pretty massive. I mean, I, uh, I think he could be a good Clark Kent. I, I'm interested. I'm more interested to see him play Superman, to be honest. Like I think he he's going to be a bumbling, you know, goofy guy as Clark. But Superman is a little bit different. So I, I'm more interested to see him voice that. Alice Lee will be Lois Lane. She's from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. So. Uh, good cast there. I saw one screenshot of animation cell. I'm sure you saw the same one. Like yeah. you said, it looked, looked maybe geared towards the kids and, and with them both being on cartoon network. Like I said, I just don't know if Cape crusader is going to be geared towards a darker audience. Cause it's going to cartoon network. I mean, yeah. like I said, why seven, why 14 probably. Um, so it's this to me, it's animated. It's Superman. Both uh, of those uh, things I have trouble with. Yeah, Probably I'll, 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 I'll test out the first episode. I'm 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 nowhere near excited, obviously, for as I am for Batman. But I'll I'll see what the first episode's about. I will commit to Cape Crusader day one. I will watch whatever they release, however many episodes that is. I promise you that. 
I cannot no, say I, the same. I hope issue. they at least get, you know give him at least ten minimum ten episodes to give to, to tell some some sort of story or something minimum that, and hopefully it's a hit and we, we go from there. My last question on this before we move on with specifically Cape Crusader Shoot. with this show. Let's I like ten episodes. Let's just say it's ten. Nice, nice round number. Would you prefer it to be one plot overall throughout ten episodes or more of a animated series you kind of get maybe a couple of two parters yeah, there exactly but just, it just tends like, to be just like the animated series you, again like you said you have your sometimes you have your two parters or even your three parters that's kind of like your realm there then it's it's still you know it, the, the, the being in the life of bruce wayne and batman kind of your different villains going here to there seeing another crime over there like oh catwoman's over there to the left doing her thing oh but i gotta go over here chase penguin over here just kind of you know that world expanding so you would prefer more of a one-off every week as a new episode, new storyline with some maybe two or three parters sprinkled. Yeah, in. you know, again, you know, have some carry-throughs. You know, like if it was ten, it, at least maybe two, two of them have some, you know, back-to-back that are big. You know, you have to continue to to find out what happens next. Like mm-hmm. you know, me shit, I, I'll take anything, whatever they do, I'm in. <laughs> Give me a new Batman, like dark noir, like that, dude. Of course, I'm in. Yeah, the animation looks darker and grittier than Superman, so that's exciting. Yeah, because like the the image of Batman they gave it kind of reminded me of like a noir, like a like Golden Age version of Batman. Uh, big wings on the helmet. Yeah, big, ex- exactly. Big exactly. wings, very tall. Uh, I couldn't even fit them in the IG post. I had to cut them off. So <laughs> I had to crop that, them. We couldn't do them in the full the full Twitter thing. It just wouldn't work. I had to crop them. Right? Yeah, Twitter <laughs> does long photos now. Instagram has not caught up. Uh, I thought we got this before, but apparently we didn't. We just got a window, but it looks like Peacemaker, the HBO Max series with John Cena. We don't even know what he's like yet, except for the trailers we got for Suicide Squad. His series, his spinoff series will hit HBO Max January of 2022. And that's not a rumor. James Gunn said it himself. Yeah, I know. I was talking with you. I, was like, I know we, we said it was coming out. I think we said 2022. I wasn't sure. If they, I, don't, I didn't remember a month, but I wasn't expecting it that fast. Um, again, I, I think James also, they're already halfway done shooting the show. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to, to see him in this movie because he, he's got, imagine if he flops and then he has his own show kind of awkward. He won't, he's going to be a show still. John Cena is a phenomenal. No, I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, but you know, Hey, I, I'm excited, but it's good to see that we're, we're getting it like that fast. I, I just thought that was a fast turnaround. Yeah, uh, well, you know, shows, the post-production on a TV show just tends to take about six months. And if they're already done uh, uh, shooting or close to being done shooting, well, if they're done by the end of June, then they could have it out in six months' time and very comfortably make an end by the end of January 2022. So, and this, if... If it's anything like the Suicide Squad movie, it doesn't look to be heavy, 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 heavy on special effects. So, I mean, you're... You're talking about John Cena as Peacemaker. He doesn't need a lot of that. He's The character himself is so infatuating, at least based on what we saw so far from the trailer. Yeah, I could see a six to seven month time frame turnaround here or turnaround time frame here and get this in late. I would say, you know, somewhere in the 20s, January 20 something. I don't think we're talking New Year's Day, but yeah, I could see this happening. Yeah. About six months post-production. That makes a lot of sense. Jeremy Irvine is reportedly in talks to play Alan Scott for HBO Max's Green Lantern series. Yeah, um, I, I can't put a put a like a like a face to the name, but I, I, he's young, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I always could say like I don't know when I think of Alan Scott, I think of an, an older Green Lantern. 
that's just the Alan Scott I think of from the comics. Uh, they're, they're going the younger route here. So I, it might take me a little bit to get used to. I'm, I'm just used to older Alan Scott. That's all. He was born in 1990. Christ, I'm more older than him. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. Like, again, it's, you know, I, I feel like it's like DC. I don't know if it's WB. It's like they always go towards like the younger CW-esque type. I don't know. Alan Scott to me is, is, is an older guy. I feel like this is going like to be his, his 40s or 50s. This is going to be his breakout role. He's been very, um, he was in a show called Treadstone, but that didn't last very long. And everything else was a very minor role. Like in Mamma Mia, he was young Sam. So he was in it for like, I mean, I, of course I, I like it. It's a new actor. Just, you know, probably a little younger than I would have. I would have liked for Alan Scott, but maybe okay. he, Go to maybe see he looks older. Maybe he looks older. Probably looks like he's 10. HBO Max is like the one, the one streaming service that we have probably given two to three stories on upcoming stuff every single week. But like, where is it all? Like, they want to charge ten bucks now for an ad for an ad supported version. We talk about this, that, and the other, and like the same day movies are great. But all the rest of the original content, man, HBO Max has so much shit lined up. But like, none of it's here yet. And I'm just waiting for that content drop. Yeah. You could like, just jump on the next story of the one after the one that one that's originally there. Uh, well, that's coming. What the like this month, next month? I can't yeah, remember. I don't. But even, they don't even. I don't even think there's a date yet for season three. No, you're you're skipping one, my friend. The Friends reunion trailer, mm. which is also HBO Max, by the way. But H, uh, the Friends reunion trailer had I. I didn't care. No, you, <laughs> you're you're not a Friends guy. I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it. I just don't seek it out. It's just yeah, not my thing. I'll definitely watch this. I, I watched the shit out of this show growing up. I, I, I love the cast. I, I love every, every character. Eh, Lucy Kudrow, she she come and go. She, she'd have her hit and, hit and miss for me on the show. But other than that, I love the cast. I love that this is just kind of a special. Them going back to, you know, where they filmed, maybe tell some funny stories and you know, just just the kind of the interview essay that, that was shown. I thought it was pretty funny. I'm sure it's going to be an hour, two hours tops. Uh, I, I, think like, it, I think it'll be cool just to see everybody all together again. I like the one where they're in the coffee shop. Yeah. And then yeah. and then they go up to the apartment. That's probably my favorite episode of Friends. Uh, That's every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Titan season three. We don't have a date. We don't have anything like that yet. But it's this year. But it is this year. And the news here is that on Instagram – one of the actors commented, "I'm I'm excited for season three because it's going to be in Gotham." Yes, and, and I I think that kind of ups the stake already. And they already said that we we are going to see Ian Glenn again as Bruce Wayne for the third season. I doubt we'll see him as Batman, but you know Bruce Wayne. Okay, we're going to get to see Tim Drake. We're going to get to see Red Hood, Jonathan Crane, Barbara Gordon. Um, everyone's back from the other seasons. You know Beast Boy. You know all all, all them guys. I, I, I can't wait to especially see him again as, as Nightwing. I, I think this is going to be the, the best season yet, and I've already heard multiple actors saying that it's already their favorite season. Uh, I have to watch season two. What am I in for? Am I in for a good sh- good show here? Like I, I, I mean, good. I, I enjoyed it. I like all these characters. I like where they're building. I, I think there might have been a story slip that they went one way. I wish they zagged a different way. But uh, other mm-hmm. than that, I, I thought it was solid. I'm, I, I think season three will be its best season, hands down. Yeah, solid's a good word for me to describe season one. I didn't blow the roof off the doors. That doesn't make sense, but I liked it. Season two, <laughs> I gave it like 35 minutes. I said, you know what? You know, my favorite episode of season one was the freaking 
spinoff ones. It was the Hawk and Dove, yeah, and it Dove. was and, and, and they're in it for season Doom, three. Don't worry. And it was the Doom Patrol episode. They were my two favorite yeah. season ones. So, you know, I'm waiting for Hawk and Dove to get their own spinoff. I love both those characters. I love the actors and actress that plays them. Minka Kelly, here's looking at you, kid. Um, beautiful angel. <laughs> I got nothing after that. Shark Tank has been renewed for season 13. I will take this one because I am excited. The best show on television just continues to dominate. No, and and, and I've watched my fair. I I know I watched over 25, 30 episodes, and it, it, it is a really good show. There are some great products on there, and it, it makes sense that it's it's been running for so long. Surprisingly, for two people like myself and my wife who watch it, who make it our Friday night tradition – this Friday night's the season finale, so I'm devastated that after that we will have nothing because Loki is now on Wednesdays. So that's just 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 crushing my my Friday night soul. But with this show you, being, at least we still have the ducks. I've seen every episode over twelve seasons. Dude, no, I, I know multiple people that watch it, and we all love it like little schoolgirls. No, I'm talking about Shark Tank. But oh, you're Shark right. Tank. <laughs> ducks is Ducks is amazing. Game yeah. Changers is is a game changer. Um, I also have Big Shot, but Ashley doesn't watch those with me. Uh, I I love Shark Tank so much. I actually we're not like huge on buying the products, but we did buy one. Ashley got one for me for Christmas. The Chirp Wheel. It does wonders for my back. Um, really good product. But like, it's so perfect. It's so good. I learned more about business watching that show than I did in college. So I highly recommend it. It's super good. The best show on cable television right now. In my opinion, not a streaming service. There's tons of great stuff there. But my favorite show to watch on cable television right now, Shark Tank, coming back next year for season 13. Resident Evil Infinite Darkness got a trailer and a release date on July 8th on Netflix. This is a really exciting series. I cannot wait. to. Damn, this is the one thing I forgot to watch. I I did not watch this trailer, but this is a definite watch for July 8th for me. This is a day one watch. Here's what I'll say about the trailer without giving anything away. Leon Kennedy, my favorite Resident Evil protagonist, something crazy twisty happens and it sets up. I don't need to see another second of footage. It sets up really nicely for this series. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but I'm really looking forward to it. Resident Evil and CJ, they keep calling it an anime, which drives me nuts. It's not. It's CG. Like, that drives me crazy. There's not even a, I don't think there's anything hand drawn about this entire freaking show, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, I'm psyched for a little biohazard, baby, because I'm going to be talking about biohazard here in a minute when we get to the gaming section. I should have put that as the last story to transition, but I'm a poor host. So I will give my last little story here. Monsters at Work gets an official release date for Disney Plus July 2nd. All you parents out there, Monsters Inc. fans out there, you get our nice little comedy July 2nd. I'm excited for this one. Helena loves Monsters Inc. She loves Mike Kwiatkowski. No, they were they were good movies. Like I, I like them. I, I this this will be a hit with everybody. Yeah, I'm psyched. I really am. And so like to get every ha- every Friday to get a little 25 30 minute chunks of little Monsters Inc. action. I'm totally in with that. That's really cool. Now let me take it over here in gaming. We have two impressions, but let's start off with the one that's most popular: Resident Evil Village. I'm three and a half hours in, so you know, not even halfway. So I can't really give you. Too too much. I would I would do spoiler free anyway, even if I beat it. Uh, this is my favorite Resident Evil since four. Wow, it's my favorite Resident Evil game since four, and I've played all of them except for like the spinoff Revelations and stuff like that. But I've played four, five, six, and seven. Interesting. Uh, I, I, and I, I just thought it looked okay. 
I love it. It did it well me. I for as much as I love seven, I thought there was no way this mm. was gonna top it. And to go back to first person was a ballsy move because you know, seven being the first one in first person. I, I will say this the character of Ethan Winters, who is the main character, the protagonist, yeah. is the most dry, awful fucking character in gaming. Like he's so bad. The voice acting is so brutal. But that's what Resident Evil is kind of known for. They kind of do it on purpose. Even going back to the first game, they ham up that horrible, horrible dialogue. And I kind of feel like they did that a little bit on purpose here because there's no way some of these lines that he's delivered, whoever the voice actor for Ethan Winters is, there's no way the director is, yep, book it. Let's use that take. It's so bad. But it's kind of like so bad that it's good. Uh, you know, Castle Dimitrescu and Lady Dimitrescu She's overrated. Lives up to the hype. Get the frig out of here. Lives up to the hype. She's super good in this game. It's anytime you get she she stalks you in her castle. So any fucking door you go through or corner you turn, she could be there to chase you and kill you with her claw hand. And that is suspense. It leaves you like, do I want to go through that door? Do I need to run away? It was very nicely done. The sisters, or I'm sorry, the her daughters, however, very underwhelming there. Um, so I think I remember the review saying the boss fights were lackluster. I think these are the ones they meant because all three of them very lackluster. I would say they were more mini bosses to get you to the big boss. That is lady Dimitrescu, uh, which was a great boss fight by the way. But, uh, yeah, three and a half hours in, I think it, it's one of the most beautiful games in a very long time. It's stunning. It's very well paced, at least in the beginning. Yeah, it's got two colors. <laughs> the, story, the story, the story is good so far. I hear it kind of trails off, so I'm I'm not uh, lo- looking forward to that. But three yeah, and a half hours I, in. After, after you finish it, I want to see if you think it's the best one since four. Yeah, again, right. That's, that's a really that is, To me, that's blasphemy what you just said. But Well, no, I didn't say it's better than four, though. I just yeah. said it's the best one since four. Five and six were trash. So really, it's all... Well, five actually is underrated, but six was hot trash. Seven is the one it's really competing with here. And seven, you find me the tallest cliff in America. And that third act falls right off of it. Like the third <laughs> act of, of Resident Evil 7 is just dog shit. When you're in the house, fucking phenomenal. I can kind of see something like that happening here. I'm out of the castle. So like, where the fuck am I going to go? Uh, it's it's really, really, really good so far. Uh, when I beat it, I'll do a quick one at the end saying, did it hold up? Where does it stand in comparison to four, which I think a lot of people, it's the game where a lot of people are comparing it to right now. It doesn't, it's not as good. And I'm playing four right now simultaneously as well uh, to go back and play that. So I'm, I have a one-to-one comparison Four is just so immaculate, but uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm loving it. I'm loving almost every second. I can't wait to go back to it. It's not super duper scary, um, but that's okay. It's fine. There are some good jump scares. I have, apparently there's something in a house that I haven't gotten to yet that apparently is going to fuck me up. I'm kind of excited to get there. Uh, I really am. So overall, I highly recommend it. It's really good. It's really, I'm playing the PS five version, by the way, not the four, nothing on Xbox. So playing the PS five version, as you should, you know what the coolest part is of this game? Um, Not like I'm talking performance wise, not story wise or anything like that. The save takes less than a second. So it is taking huge, it's it's taking huge advantage of that ssd saves in literally less than a second and there's no load nothing there's no loads it just goes 
Love you that. just play it. And so it's it's funny because when God of War did that, we were noticing that and talking about it. And now with this SSD and how fast these newer consoles can just kind of make that happen. It's almost crazy that we almost like forget about that or take that part for granted. No, no, no. Don't sleep on it. This game doesn't load. It never lets you get like unimmersed. I'm fully immersed in this world. I can't wait to get back to it. Resident Evil Village, worth your time, worth your money. I'll give a quick one when I beat it. Now, let's see what you thought of Aerial Knights Never Yield. And again, thanks to Head Up Games for a review copy of this uh, of this title. I had reached out and re- specifically requested it because when this game was announced by Ariel Knight himself, I love runners and so like platformers and runners and stuff like that. So I knew I was going to want this game, and I'm happy to report that it's good. I'm disappointed to report that it's good. Oh, um, you what you wanted it to be great. It's so. I love runners. Like I said, you go left to right, you dodge obstacles and like runner three, fantastic game, bit trip runner, that whole series. Like I just love those types of games. It's mindless, but with aerial Knight, I like the mechanics. It's color coded and you, you, you button map up is purple, left is yellow down is, you know, whatever. And like, you almost kind of, that's how you reflect like Use your reflexes. When an obstacle comes up, it flashes a color. And instead of remembering, do I go left up or down? To duck, do I you know, kind of remember the color that you're using? So it's a nice different mechanic there. The problem is it's very, very short. There's only like a dozen levels. Um, I beat it in like an hour, I think. I beat That's it. Fast. So very fast. I'm, I'm, and to be fair, I'm very good at that genre. I play a lot of them. So this wasn't a challenge for me almost at all. Um, the boss battles aren't really boss battles. They're just running levels. Uh and I think the biggest disappointment I have is when I did die, which wasn't super frequent, but other people will, there's a loading screen between every death and it's not necessarily quick. It's not long, but it's just long enough for me to be like, all right, I'm going to go play something else. It takes, it takes you out of it a little bit. Just a little bit. Runners like Super Meat Boy, like even a, not even a runner, a platform like Super Meat Boy. You die, instant, instant, instant. You're just back. You're back. Miles and Kilo. There's a perfect example from our friends at Four Horses Game. Kid Trip. Like, perfect one-to-one comparison between Aerial Knight and this. When I die, there's no load. I'm just back. I'm back at the beginning of the level. I'm trying again. And I'm dying, and I'm failing, and I'm trying again. Every time I died, I had to watch a loading screen. I was Uh, like, that sucks. Oh, God. Save me. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I did play on the Nintendo Switch version. There's PC, there's PlayStation, there's Xbox. So maybe those other consoles and the PC version load faster than the Switch. So, uh, you know, in all transparency, maybe I just played an inferior version from a loading and processing power standpoint. I didn't not enjoy it. The fact is I just beat it in an hour. It's over with. It's done. There's no real meat on the bone. There's no real you know, reason to go back to it once you beat it. It's very, very similar you almost kind of like once you get the hang of the controls, like two minutes in, it never really deviates from that. It's kind of just the same thing. So from a replayability standpoint, it didn't show me a lot. But again, it's a runner. I can't complain. I love those mechanics. It's a great, you know, for five, ten bucks, whatever it is, give it a shot. You could beat it in an hour or two. You get good at a new genre. For me, this is one I'm probably not going to go back to. Um it takes place in a stylized Detroit. I like that, but like you're running. So it's not like you have time to, you automatically run. It's not like you have time to 
you know, stop and smell the roses and really enjoy this, this futuristic Detroit. No, you just kind of run through it. So it just doesn't really, the atmosphere doesn't really catch you. The music is absolutely phenomenal. albeit a bit loopy, but absolutely phenomenal. If for no other reason, just go play it to listen to some sweet jazz. Uh, but Ariel Knights never yield. It's good. I wouldn't go anything more than that. A five ish out of 10. I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just, it's just not great. Mario golf. Super rush. Got a five minute trailer. Instead of me starting here, you go. What did yeah. you think? Yeah. I was like, you know what? Let, let me check out this trailer. Cause I thought what they showed before looked awesome. And this game looks way better than expected. This I I feel like the the online feature of this game is is going to be huge, and I, I could definitely see this being like a, a game you play with your friends. I could definitely see this being a drinking game. It, it, the game looked beautiful. I think this is another uh you know another obvious hit for for Nintendo. I like I'm sitting back in my in my chair just like listening. Yeah, I'm to sure when I text you that I watched the trailer and I I love that you're probably like just I'm proud I'm proud of my boy. I didn't even want to like say too much because I just wanted to hear you say it on the on the pod. It's awesome to hear. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the aspect of hitting it and then racing to go find your ball to hit it and, and beat the hole. Then would they, especially at the end where they're going to add what five five? It's a five players or five rounds. You have to win three holes or something like that. So that's called battle golf. That incorporates speed golf. Um, you're talking about speed golf, but like there's also battle golf, like you're talking about here. Battle golf is there's one specific, you know, course of it, and there's nine holes, and the first person to beat three holes wins the wins the battle. Um, speed golf you can play on any course, and that is, you know, it's not about strokes; it's about speed. Get it to the uh, yeah. Get it in all the, the levels fast. they showed. Oh man, th- that looked like it looks like a like so much fun. Yeah. So like the only disappointment I have with it is that it looks like there's only going to be about six courses. Oh, um, I, th- I thought there was more. They made it seem like it was more. I thought. It's, I mean, when you break it down, that's like a hundred and ten holes ish. Um, you know, so it's not like when you break it down that way, it's not the worst. But I can see myself getting pretty bored of six courses pretty quickly. Now that is pretty standard for Mario games and for Mario golf games. They tend to have about six courses, and with the Switch, it tends to lead itself towards DLC and stuff like that. Like they could yeah. add more courses that way. That's annoying to me. Like put it in the fucking. Uh, uh, but, but they know that you'll pay the extra five or ten on the arm. Of course I will. I'm a fucking Nintendo fanboy. What do you expect? Uh, but I love it. Sixteen characters, Charge and Chuck and King Babam. Yeah, your like, boys in, and I know you're good. Like characters we didn't expect to see, which is great. Wario and Waluigi wearing their checkerboarded golf getup is fucking hilarious. Uh, Bowser Jr.'s got a little visor. It's it just looks a lot of fun. They're incorporating special shots. Each character has a special shot. Like Mario, when he hits us, if you're playing speed golf and you use your special shot, when the ball lands, it'll kind of blow up and all the balls around it will fly backwards to give yourself a little bit of an advantage. A little strategy there. Like, do I hit it at the pin or do I hit it at these other balls clustered together and kind of break them up and then I get a little bit of time yeah. myself? Like, there's a lot of strategy going in there. And with it only being six courses, that's not great. But the good thing is with speed golf and battle golf and playing online with friends and weather and wind, it does lead to a little bit of variance there where I'll get tired of them pretty quick. But if I'm playing online against somebody who's not the computer, which is pretty predictable, you know what score you need to win playing online. There's a lot 
there's a lot more that like when I'm playing with a friend, I don't care necessarily about the course. I just want to win. So like, I'm excited for that. I'll finally get some use out of my Nintendo online subscription. Uh, it, it does though look like a lot of fun. I will not be using motion controls. Even though the, that did look kind of cool, but I, I, I could see either or. Yeah. Uh, and Waluigi will be my main, even though for some reason they have him as an all around character, even Wario. Like that's what Mario sports games do. They like section off the players into you know, power and speed and whatever. And like all around, usually Mario and Luigi are the all around, or at least Mario is an all around, but he's not in this game. He's a speed character. It's weird. Wario, Waluigi and Rosalina are the all around characters, which is just super weird to me. But uh, anyway, that at least it's different. At least yeah. I don't just go in knowing Wario is a power character because he's big and fat. <laughs> no, he's an all around character. So at least yeah. there's a little bit of, he has variance to him, Greg. They went in and they gave you a little bit more about the story mode. You're going to be your me character. You get to level up and play a full story with boss battles in a golf game. I'm psyched on that. Uh, It just looks like it's going to be a fun romp. It's June 25th, so we're not too, too far away, just over a month. It's absolutely worth the 60. If you pre-ordered it, like, I think it's either Target, Best Buy, or GameStop, you get a a tea bag for your actual golf set. So, like, it's, it's fun. I'm cool with it, but I'm going to get mine through Amazon and I'm excited. Five minutes, not enough. Happy birthday to me. Uh, anything else about the trailer before we get into our top three? No, no, but let's do it. All right, we got our top three favorite sports games. Yeah, this. I, I don't know if this is hard or. I, I think it was more two or three, but my number three, I went with NBA Live 2004. I think this is just more nostalgia with me. This is the one with Vince Carter on the cover. Freaking love Vince Carter, but. I, I can't tell you how many times me and Machi battled against each other on NBA Live and, and, and just had absolute blast. I mean, I, Alex too, but I think me and Machi had more of these great games where I remember this one time I dunked on like the Tomahawk dunk by Vince Carter. Machi freaked out and forfeited the game. And I remember we laughed for like 10 minutes. But I, I don't know, just something about NBA Live 04 that, that, that always struck home with me. Now, what I did, and I think you probably did this too, I did not count extreme sports. Yeah, I, Tony Hawk will not be on my list. Okay, good. Because we've already done a bunch of Tony Hawk t- countdowns and stuff. He'd clearly be my number one. would be a Tony Hawk game, probably two. Like SSX and stuff like that. I kept it off of my list. I went straight like the five, if you want to count NASCAR or you know golf or whatever, major sports. Yeah. Um, my number three is a Super Nintendo. I, and it was definitely on Genesis because that's the version I had as a kid. Uh, it's called Super Baseball 2020. You ever mm. hear this game? Do you remember I, it at all? I, I, I The name sounds familiar. It, they actually released it on Switch for like seven bucks, so I can actually play it there. It's phenomenal. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, it takes place in 2020, and we're in 2021, and the shit in that game ain't in real life yet. You know, robots playing baseball. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you play as a bunch of pre-selected teams, and they have armor, and you can throw up to like 110 miles an hour, and it's just wacky. There's a team called the Knights, and they're all robots, and they're clearly the OP team, and I pick them every time. No, they're not called the Knights. The best player is called – his name is Knight. But, like, it's cool. They get tired after a while, and if you're a man or a woman, you just get tired and you throw slow. If you're a robot, there's a little bit of strategy there because if you get tired and burn out, you explode, and then you can't use them anymore. There's a huh. little bit of strategy there. Yeah, and you can I like play that. A, I like that. Yeah, you can play a season and franchise and all that stuff. It's not super deep there. It's kind of like one and done. 
but it's a really fun arcadey baseball game. It's a different take on it. You're throwing 110, knocking it out. The only home run is to dead center field. If you hit it to left or right, it just bounces off and comes back into play. So it makes it even more fun. It's just, it's really, really neat. Super Baseball 2020. Oh, that's awesome. My number two, I went with 1997's Backyard Baseball. <sighs> I, I I felt like I, I would have did this a disservice if I did not keep this on my list. I probably one of the most it's had to be the number two or three of my most sports games ever played. I mean, come on, we got Pablo Sanchez, one of the best baseball players we ever had. I'm lucky that I still tracked out a sealed copy of this whenever Wada Games accepts computer games. I will definitely be sending this in to get graded. My number two, and this was my shout out to Anthony Pinto. Uh, NHL hits 2002. Oh, NHL <laughs> hit. Nice. I love it. Three on three insanity. Fucking the guy who does blitz um, is, is uh, on the, on the commentary. It's, craziness you can get power-ups and there is no illegal check i think the only penalty is goalie interference uh when you hit the goalie to knock him out of the play and that might even just be in the later ones i don't even know if it was in 2002 but i specifically remember and i'm sitting like in the same position now that when this happened i remember when i lived in parkwood it was a snowstorm and pino wanted to sleep over and he might remember this story too he slept over he brought that game with him we played it on the gamecube from sun up to sundown and then some it was crazy the amount of sessions we had in nhl hits 2002 i love 2003 as well that had chris pronger on the cover 2002 had uh, scott stevens i think fucking devils but uh awesome game like power slaps think of nfl blitz but on the uh on the ice it was phenomenal midway it didn't get better nhl hits 2002 this is no surprise to you at all, but it's Griffey 64. It's Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. It's yeah, I, I, hours played. There's no, nothing beat this. All the times that, especially me, Pat, Ryan, Jim, Gallon, that we all made teams in the basement, always did drafts, always trading, always doing the home run derbies. It's the most fun I've ever had playing a sports game. See, now mine. Is backyard baseball. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I love that. Dude, it's if if you're in your you know late 20s, early 30s, you grew up playing backyard baseball. I feel like if you forgot about this game on your list, you might be like, you know what? I have to move some things around. Now I liked backyard football. I same, didn't like same. I didn't like it as much as baseball. No, nope. like, baseball was the OG. Each of us had two baseball. No, wait. What was your number two? Backyard baseball. Yeah. Backyard so baseball. both of us, both of us had two baseball games on our list. So that tells you how much fun baseball games are in general. But like, you pick your team. Like, you can draft your own fucking team as a kid. You're not drafting major league players, although they did come into the franchise eventually. One player from each team, Jimmy Rollins, was a Phillies rep one year. Yep. This, that, and the other. Nomar Garcia Para. But like, we had Donovan McNabb for football. Yeah. Like there wasn't you're just playing as kids and then you can name your team, whatever you want and pick your logo and pick your colors. And like, there's the special pitches and all this. Like I, of course, Pablo's great and all, but like, can I just give a shout out to Kenny Kawaguchi? He's my guy. Oh yeah. He's, or he Pete was in the Wheeler. wheelchair. Pete Wheeler's the speedster. Dimitri Petrovich. He was always my kicker in football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he was my catcher maybe in baseball, but like the Del Vecchio twins and the Weber twins and, 
Don't, uh, don't, Keisha, don't, don't you miss playing this on your Windows 95? <laughs> Dude, maybe even 93. Uh, do you remember Keisha Phillips? She was like the big yep, job. Yep. Like, I remember everybody. Um, Ricky Johnson and Ernie Steele. He was in backyard. He was really good in backyard basketball. Um, forget people's birthdays, but I'll know everything there is about backyard baseball. Yeah, dude. And there was even um, the Khan brothers, Amir and Ahmed. Oh I my god, Ahmed! Yeah. Ahmed had like the the uh, the he had the headphones on too. So like th- this game, just it was like the first sports game. I probably if if you could have counted hours, might have been close to a thousand. No joke, if not more. I I had played this game. Maybe the only other computer game I played more was Gunbound. Mm. what a what a top three this would have been if it was top three backyard baseball characters or backyard sports characters if we knew that this game was going to be on Should both he, of our even lists. the game even the games that we played like what years that were you oh two were you oh three you know especially for football yeah oh just what a great series to bat i have tweeted out i don't know how many fucking dozen times D- nintendo stop being cowards and put a backyard game on the switch uh it's just if oh, i don't man. have a computer that would be awesome but yeah, backyard baseball, the OG for me, the original is my favorite. Yep, I like, yeah, I liked you know the two thousand, the two thousand one. But by then, I was in starting to skateboard and kind of getting to high school. Now, should I play those games all day? But uh, you can pick the the field. You can play like Hey Arnold style in like a fucking. Yeah, that's probably two, two of my games. So it's ninety seven, ninety eight, and oh four. Um, years. Super baseball was Genesis, so we're talking mid nineties. Backyard baseball was ninety seven, and hits was 02, So no farther. Yeah, than we 02. basically have the same thing: two nineties and one early two thousands. Cool. Yeah, that was that's a fun list. I like that one a lot. Next up, huge story: The Last of Us Part Two gets a free PS five patch out right now, and it really just goes for sixty frames uh, per second as opposed to thirty. Um, there's not really too too much the game could have really done to improve its performance. It, it was uh, almost max. It was almost max. But you know, I figured uh, I saw our boy Chris Shriver. He was freaking out all over Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I would say, you know, and I think it's probably the SSD will do this natively. They didn't have to add it, but the load times are kind of ridiculous in that game. So yeah. it it probably shrinks down those considerably, which would be just wonderful because there's so m- and there's so many loading screens in that game. But I watched a 60 FPS GameSpot did a 10 minute uh, preview of the of 60 FPS, and they did the part where you're standing off against the Seraphites, and it just it looked super good. Um, Ellie's part, so I, yeah. I loved it. I love The Last of Us Two. I was waiting for something like this. I'm kind of still waiting on like factions and like the multiplayer aspect or some sort of I don't know if I expect anything else or if we're just going to nah, go. I, I think that's it. And continue the world. You're probably right that's there. Yeah, I, I think this is it until the eventual sequel. But, you know, the, it already looked absolutely stunningly gorgeous on a PS4. So yeah, I, I, I feel like we're almost putting the PS5 to the max already. These, these graphics are amazing. They are. And to have that at 60 FPS, it's and it's free. So if you're looking for a new reason or another reason, or even if you haven't played it yet, Go pick up the PS4 version. You get the native PS5 patch for nothing. And so now you can finally play The Last of Us Part 2. It was my game of the year last year. It was your number three. So we both absolutely adored it. Yeah. The game that will never die. The PS5 and Xbox versions of Grand Theft Auto 5 will drop on November 11th. That's far. It's <laughs> really it, it is. Far. I could just, guys. They said. This uh, game's 50 years old. Let it go. They, they said summer originally and now it's obviously being pushed back to november 11th for a game that's uh 
fucking 2013, I think. It'll span three different console generations. But uh, the Series X, the S, and uh, the PS5 are going to get their fucking grand. Theft yeah, Auto it's, it's going to break. So every, the highest freaking selling game of all time, it's it's going to be Grand Theft Auto V. Ah, no, it'll never be Tetris. You don't, you don't think nothing will t- t- catch Tetris? I don't, I don't think anything will ever hit Tetris. Never. Because if GTA Five or Wii Sports couldn't do it, and Wii Sports was packed in with all 104 Wiis or million well, Wiis. Well, hey, do you, well, the next game that has a shot, if Grant that thought, can't do it, nothing it, can touch it. Well, no, it'd, it'd be Minecraft. So that would be, and Minecraft might have, yeah, Minecraft might have actually done it. I don't think. I think Tetris is still number one. But either way, it's it's Tetris and Minecraft, and none, nothing's really going to touch those ever. I guess they're um, the originals. Makes sense. Well, Minecraft is, what, 10 years old now, and it's still selling like hotcakes. They just put it out everywhere, kind of like GTA V. Um, but I would not be shocked if for November and even December, it finds its way back into the NPD. Oh, sad but true, my friend. Summer Games Fest will officially begin June 10th, a.k.a. Two days before E3. So we're going to kind of lump it in. Like we're not going to do Summer Game Fest predictions and E3. We're going to kind of just make it E3 week and just kind of cover our bases with all of it. Uh, Because two days before E3 starts, they're going to do a kickoff event that's going to have more than a dozen game announcements. So I'm just going to kind of count it and lump it in towards E3 because I personally believe we're going to be getting a state of play around there as well. I think PlayStation's been sitting on a lot of stuff. Uh, they recently came out and said they have 25 games in the oh works my for God, PS5. Dude. If we don't get some big teasers for the next one, I'm going to be a little upset. Um, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna find out a lot of good stuff from PlayStation. It's not going to be a part of E3 because they've they're not doing E3. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, but they're probably going to be in some form or fashion at this event on the 10th. And I would totally expect a June state of play at some point, maybe early July, to let the E3 hype die down. But in the next, I would say, month and a half, we'll probably know a lot more for PlayStation's holiday plans, um, including, like I've said a million times, an eventual God of War delay yeah. until 2022. <laughs> yeah. I ho- we hope not, but it, it makes sense. I, yeah, I just don't see this hitting this year. We know nothing about it. We don't even know the official title yet. I, yeah. I just don't see us playing it this year. But uh, we'll talk a lot more about predictions and stuff like that starting on June 4th. That's when we'll start to hit an E3 season. Unless PlayStation comes out in the next week or two, there's a rumor that, play, uh, that Pokemon's going to do a Pokemon Presents in the next two weeks. So we'll kind of keep our eye in the sky and our ears to the ground on all this stuff, but really look for our E3 coverage and this Summer Games Fest coverage to really ramp up starting on the June 4th episode that we do. And the last stir we have in gaming, Microsoft and Bethesda will hold a joint E3 press conference. Expected to be six friggin' hours. Um, oh, no. We kind of knew that already. I would expect 90 uh, for Microsoft and 60 for Bethesda. So you're probably looking at combined, you know, two and a half hours or so. They might do a, you know, a short intermission, but I heard it might go boom, boom, just right, right into it, and they're not going to intermingle. I hope, I'm I, glad. I hope that's the case. I, I swear if they intermingle, I'm going to be so mad because I don't love the Bethesda stuff. Like, Bethesda's cool. It just doesn't do a lot for me from their games. And if they keep sprinkling them in, it's like, Jesus, can we get back to what Xbox needs, which is like other first party stuff. Give Bethesda their time to shine. They had an E3 press conference every year. They do decent at it. It's it's fine. But like Starfield and, and all that stuff coming yeah. out. Um, let's just, you know, hope that Microsoft does their 90 
kicks it to Bethesda for another 60 and we're on our way off and rolling and Sam gets to watch two and a half hours of shit he don't care about. <laughs> hey, this year I'm definitely vocal. It's not my gaming year. I, I haven't touched anything, so you're going to have to hold us down for the end of the year gaming unless God of War drops. I, I, I got nothing to contribute. Pokemon Go. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Which, which was Sam's number three in 2016. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Our first ever top three games of the year. He, he went Pokemon Go. And that's all right. You deleted were... all my shit, and the company's dead to me. Yeah, that's right. And uh, oh, dude, how could I not even? You probably know this because of Twitter, but like Helena's like wildly oh, into yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I showed Cute her. As hell, by the way. Thank you. I showed her. Um, I forget what I showed her. That was Pokemon. Like maybe just like a picture of Pikachu or something. And like she got into it and into it and just like slowly. And then she said, can we watch Pikachu? And I was like, oh, you mean the entire first season of the anime? Let's go. I heard you loud and clear, girl. <laughs> I, you don't got to tell me twice. It's on Netflix. And so are all like the, the newer movies. So I put them on and she's like super into it. And then Pokemon released these starter books for babies. ABCs. Oh, one, two, three. perfect. I bought them all. And I pre-ordered the two that are coming out in October. So like <laughs> then I get them and I, and I open them for her. And she's like, is that Squirtle the turtle? And oh, I'm like, my what? gosh. And she goes, Charmander, Char, Char. And I'm like, what are you talking about right now? Best thing you ever bought. And so then we got her a Pikachu plush. And so she loves that. And then and then my amazing wife, I'm in the shower. I come downstairs and they're looking at their cell phone. And she said, I re-downloaded Pokemon Go for her. And she's obsessed with it. Oh, that's awesome. So love, now I when love I, to hear that. When I take her to the playground, I'm going to surprise her. I'm going to open up my phone. And because there's a stop there. I'm going to like, there's going to be a bunch of shit. I'm going to drop a lure to let all the Pokemon come through. And I haven't played that game in years, but I'm surely hell. I'm going to now. Yeah. Bring her. it back for her. Oh, that's so, awesome. So like, I'm just a really proud dad. Love that. <laughs> uh, let's finish it off here. Um, Dave Filoni is officially an executive creative director at Lucasfilm. It's about time. He's. I mean, I was going to say this should have been, they did this move off five years ago, especially when he was on what the clone wars. Yeah. I mean, come on, this, this is a long time coming. Everything he seems to be touching, everything he touches in star Wars, everyone loves. So well-deserved Filoni. He'll be around for a long time. <sighs> that also, um, speaks volumes about the future of mando like that there's potential yeah. for five six seasons of mando oh and, and you know dizzy they they want as long as the, the numbers keep coming in it's high they're going to want that to go they're, they're not going to want it to end yeah i mean they're, they're, they're going to have to pay you know pay drop like hey either a, a new mandalorian's coming in or we're going to pay you hey man he's going to be joel pretty soon that could be pretty big hey well he's going to be a, a busy man he's going to have two two shows he could do that's it he's yeah. not going to have time to do anything else Warner Media and Discovery are joining forces, and normally, if we weren't an hour and a half in already, this would be a 20-minute discussion because there's a lot going on here. But because details are still trickling out, this is what we know, that Discovery is going to, for the third time in three years, AT&T and Warner Brothers are like, this is just not working. We got to find a new home, and they're going to merge with Discovery to make like another super streamer. And a lot of DC content and a lot of the, you know, just Warner media in general content is just going to find another new home. And obviously discoveries content food network and all the stuff that kind of is in that giant discovery subsidiary. But the, I think the thing here that I need to stress is that WB games, which is obviously huge. They're doing a lot of different things. I believe they're doing the Harry Potter game. 
Um, they probably have a hand in the Rocksteady stuff, the Justice League game and Gotham Knights, even though they're not being developed by WB Games. That's the publisher. So they're being broken up somehow as well. So to quote Stephen Totillo, uh, some of the gaming arm will stay with AT&T and some will go with a new company. So we know nothing. 11 studios, games for all kinds of IPs, games for all devices. That's all we know is that some will stay with AT&T. But AT&T giving up on Warner Media just three years after they purchased it for like, I forget how many billion dollars it, it, they purchased it. Was, it, it they need a better head. Uh, they need a better head guy. They got to have a person who's in charge. They need a Kevin Foggy. That's exactly who they need. They got to get their shit in order. Hopefully, this new acquisition, cooler heads prevail, and they can come to an agreement who's going to be uh, be the leader because th- there's no direction prior. Warner Max for a Discovery Max. I hope it's not named after the Discovery brand because the Warner brand has a lot more recognizable IP. I mean, yeah. like Food Network and HGTV, all that stuff. That's you under do Discovery's Warner Discovery book. done. Was that Warner Discovery? Warner Discovery. WD. Yeah, 40. that's it. We're good. Uh, it's just it's a bigger story than it than we're giving it light right now. But because details are still so yeah, we're, sparse, we're, we're just going to sit back, wait, Danny, give us much and and more, like you said, each week. I'm sure a little bit more, a little bit more is going to keep coming out. Yeah, and and we'll kind of be there and report on that as it drops. The last story before Sam's weekly wada: Kentaro Miura has passed away at 54 years old. The creator of the beloved berserk series yeah that's such a shame 54 that that's that's way too damn young um i i know so many people that that read the manga that watch anime animated series it sold over 50 million copies in circulation including digital making it one of the best selling manga series of all time has over 40 volumes he's been going since 1989 he's got what 49 episodes in anime he's got three animated movies I, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they hit it with a live action. Um, I, I there's No one has any idea where they're going to go, obviously, with the manga or if, if they had any plans to do any other movies or a continuation with the show. But I know it was very well received. I know there's some awesome statues out there. I think it's XM- his artwork is unbelievable. Oh, he, he he's insane, and like the statues that 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 I think it's XM Studios or, or Gemini Collectibles. If you're on I, if you, if you follow him on IG, he has a whole collection of of the Berserker statues, and and it's it's absolutely amazing. But such a shame to lose an artist, a creator, at yeah, you know, at, at fifty four years of late, fifty four years of age. Rest yeah, in peace, sir. Just too young and so so Way much talent. Young. So uh, rest in peace, Miura San. But Sam. And the show for us with your weekly wada. Yeah, so this will be uh, the last weekly wada for a little while. You know, I don't have any more wada games. Wada games is still, you know, heavily backed up. My games still have not moved. Um, but the game we got, at least I'm going out with a bang. The Adventures of Batman and Robin for the Sega CD 9.8 A plus seal. You know, again, we, I've talked about the other versions of the um, the Sega Genesis. And the other one I have raw for the for Game Gear that's still waiting for Wada to grade. But this is uh, probably, I, I would say this is the one that I would want out of all of them. Because in this one, there's that, it's about 17 minutes of animated footage in here. And it's considered, like, if you look it up on YouTube, it's called Batman the Animated Series, The Lost Episode. So if you, like, this is to me, out of all the ones that were released, I think I'd want to own this first. This was my... Second 9.8 that I actually submitted, my first one being Batman. Um, I think it was not Case in Gotham. 
uh, city race car, I think it was. Um, so this is my second 9.8. So I'm pretty ecstatic with that because I know Watt is, is is very strict with their grades. They don't they don't just hand out 9.8s for no reason. But um, this was based on the 1992 animated series developed by Clockwork Tortoise. Music composed by Berg Treshman has the first party V overlap seam. This was just the one player version, the Sega Genesis. That was the two players. I know this one kind of got regarded as being a little bit more you know repetitive again, where you got to kind of use the bat plane and the Batmobile, which was cool. I saw a couple for sale on eBay. There was a VGA 85 plus for 790. I saw just an 85 VGA for 520. And on Comic Connect right now, there's a 9.6 A plus seal for 3500 on Comic Connect. So it's a tough game out there. Um, again, like I said, it was rated okay. Electronic Games gave it 6.5 out of 10. Next Generation just gave it a 2.5 out of 10. They said the only good thing about it was the 17 minutes cutscene of the Lost episode. Um, but yeah, again, I'm, me just hunting down my Batman animated series game, still searching for that 1992 Game Boy version. If you guys have a lead on a sealed version, shoot me a DM, Stampede21589. But that was your weekly wada for Adventures of Batman and Robin for the Sega CD. That was episode 237. I. Just didn't have my game tonight, boys and girls, and I apologize. Ah. Just had a rough pot. <laughs> had a rough, rough pot. No offense. Kind of glad it's over. Kind of <laughs> looking forward to just going to bed and, and having a 95-degree weekend with no with no air conditioning. It's yeah, guys, he, has, he don't have an AC, so he's a little upset. So Could be why I'm dragging ass. Could be why I'm dragging ass tonight. Just, just, Literally. just hot. Just hot. Ugh, I hate the heat. Anybody who says they like the heat, you're a liar, sir, ma'am. You're a liar. The cold is where it's at. Everybody, thanks so much for hanging with us for the last 90 minutes or so. For episode 237, we will see you next week for episode 238. We are vengeance. We are the night. We are. We podcast, we know things. <laughs>